Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is LifeLinks with the DL Link. LifeLinks is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Dr. Smith, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How divine to be with you again. Well, it's always, it's always such a pleasure to have you on the show. And let's, let's just get started. Let's look at, let's look at gynecologic cancer and, and the kinds of cancer, Trudy. What, what does that encompass? So I think firstly, we need to really stress about cervical. You know, cervical, cervical cancer, cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. So the cervix is that thing that's high up in your vagina that holds your baby into your uterus and it dilates and lets the baby out. And it's like I tell all women, we're so special because we actually have a connection from our inside world, our bodies, to the outside world. Men don't have that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that connection is via our uterus and our fallopian tubes. So the cervix lets the sperm in, it allows us to hold in the baby, etc. But the problem with the cervix is it's in the vagina. So nobody wants to talk about the poor cervix, because as soon as you say the word <laughs> vagina, everybody gets excited. But in fact, more women die of cervical cancer than women dying of breast cancer. Really? You know that, that, no, that a woman that. dies every 10 minutes of cervical cancer in our country. It's oh. a travesty. And it's a 100% preventable disease. 100% preventable. Preventable by vaccinating our children. If there was a breast cancer vaccine, trust me, everybody would be having it, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that, no, you know, not everybody's having a cervical cancer vaccine. Why? Because it's in the vagina. I mean, mm. we must demystify this poor cervix. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, obviously, is to have a pap smear um, or an HPV test. It's caused by human papillomavirus. And human, you can't avoid it. Everybody gets human papillomavirus. It's just whether you're able to clear it. And some of us can't clear it. We, for our own immunity or, for instance, smoking is a problem. So that's the cervix. So hang on before, before you carry on, Trudy, because I've got a few questions and then we'll go to the other cancers as well. So let's just talk about this HPV, this human papilloma virus. Um, mm. and I want to focus a little bit more on, um, cervical cancer because as you're saying, I mean, if, if women are dying every 10 minutes, that is a travesty. And so let's pause for a moment and talk about the vaccine. Let's talk about the human papilloma virus. You say everyone has it. Um, however, there's some people who can't fight it and you're saying things like smoke. Smoking, um, a weakened immune system can impact your body's ability to, to fight this virus. So is this vaccine that you say works and that people should be vaccinating their young children? Is, is it, is, is that what it does? It fights again the, against this human papilloma virus? No. So we know there's two, there's two main types of human papilloma virus. There are, there are hundreds of human papilloma virus. Each one of them does different things, Mm -hmm. but they are, for instance, the wart uh, is caused by HPV one, type one. We know that HPV type 16 and 18 account for 70% of cervical cancers. Mm -hmm. 
And the only way, and it's from skin on skin contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you put anything in the vagina, you can get HPV in the vagina. Okay. So the only way to never get HPV is to never put anything in the vagina. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing ever mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately it doesn't mean that you've been sexually promiscuous or any of those things. It's just that unfortunately things have go in our vaginas, you know, yeah. And that's how we get HPV. But there's something in some people's immunity that stops you from getting rid of it. It's like, you know, any other virus, you get rid of it. So what the vaccine does, it's very clever, is it prevents the HPV from getting into the cells. It blocks the receptors. Uh So viruses all need a host to multiply. So they, they can't multiply on their own. They need a host cell to multiply. So how the, the, the vaccine works, it's a viral like particle. So it's, it's dead. It's not HPV. You don't get HPV from the vaccine. So it, it mimics the HPV. It sits on the receptor and it stops the HPV from binding the receptor and getting into the cell. So once you have HPV in the cells, it can't get rid of it, the vaccine. So the vaccine prevents you from, it helps you to get, uh, not get it into your cells, basically. Which is why it's recommended to um, vaccinate young girls um, at at a young age, before before they're sexually active. Yeah, it, look, it's bang for your buck. It's economics. Um, you know, it's it's much more economical to vaccinate young girls. In fact, in Australia, you vaccinate girls and boys, um, and and they will eradicate cervical cancer by twenty twenty five. Wow, wow. Okay, so you you strongly recommend it. Absolutely, they have they have unbelievably good data in Australia because they it's mandatory. You know, that place is mandatory. There's no choice there for you. Hey? Yeah. So they they have significant they have mandatorily vaccinated boys and girls since two thousand and nine. And they have seen a significant decline in both genital warts and abnormal pap smears and cervical cancer. Wow. So now they're only seeing cervical cancers in older people who weren't vaccinated or mm. abnormal pap smears mm. in people who weren't vaccinated. Mm. And so there, so there, there is the question about vaccines again, um, Trudy, such an interesting one. I mean, if it is mandatory in Australia, um, and they're reaping the rewards and, and as you say, Bob, when, what did you say? 2020? 2025. Amazing that the, the cervical cancer will no longer be around. Wow. Yeah. So, Trudy, let's look at the other cancers. Let's look at the other what would fall into gynecologic cancer. So, so the most, the, 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 you know, the most dangerous, if I can put it that way, is the cervical cancer. What, 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 what other? Well, cancers? when we, if we're talking in terms of um, uh, not importance, but more how often. So, yeah. Mo- more women, cervical cancer. The next commonest cancer is a uterine cancer, endometrial cancer. Mm-hmm. And the thing with endometrial cancer is it can be hereditary, but more importantly, it's much more common in obese, overweight women. So how does that work? So uterine cancer is an 
estrogen dependent. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are estrogen dependent cancers. And what happens in when you're overweight is that your fat cells make estrogen. That's why breast cancer is much more common in obese women than it is. In fact, obesity is one of the single most um, uh, uh, common causative things of both breast and uterine cancer because fat acts as a third ovary. Fat makes estrogen. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and so wow. the one way that you can protect yourself um, is obviously lifestyle. Lifestyle, lifestyle. But isn't that for everything? Lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, eat healthily, exercise, you know, cut out highly processed food, carbohydrates. Um, we all know what to do. We all know. We really do. So that's uterine cancer. And the way uterine cancer presents is with a postmenopausal bleed. So women who have gone through the menopause, they've transitioned, and then they start bleeding. And they often ignore it or they, you know, oh, I'm just having a little show. Um, but anybody who bleeds after they have reached menopause needs to be assessed and okay. assessed properly. In other words, a full examination and the, the uterine lining needs to be looked at. So it's not, it's not necessarily pain. You're talking about a, a showing no. blood and after, after menopause and, and they are warning. That is a warning sign. That is a, a definite warning okay. sign. So, and it's, and it's becoming more and more common as unfortunately as societal, we become more of an obese nation. So wow. it's our second commonest um, cancer. After that is ovarian cancer. Thank goodness ovarian cancer is rare. But ovarian cancer is a difficult cancer to find. So the problem is you can be normal today and in three months' time or have an examination today and in three months' time have a stage three ovarian cancer. That's the problem with ovarian cancer is that we don't have a good screening test at all. So many people do that awful blood test called a CA125. The problem with the blood test is that it can be raised for many, many other reasons other than an ovarian cancer. So normally we do the blood test if we find a problem. But we do the blood test in ovarian cancer patients who carry a special gene. And we've spoken about the gene before called the BRCA gene. Mm-hmm. And the BRCA gene, as we know, is quite a common gene um, in the Jewish community and in the Afrikaans community in South Africa. It's a genetic hereditary breast and ovarian cancer for females. Wow. Okay. So, so very important, uh, Trudy. So how else would you, if you haven't gone for a checkup and you say within three months, it, it could have reached, already reached stage three, then there's a blood test. How else, what other symptoms could there be that could alert you to the fact that, you know, you need to go for a checkup or there could be something there? So, so the the ovarian cancer, the symptoms are very vague, but mm-hmm. often they are abdominal swelling, bloating, a feeling of fullness that won't go away. Um, you know, you're eating small meals, but your stomach is still protruding. 
And many times, in fact, the patients that come to us have come to us via the, the, the gastroenterologist because they have been sent to the gastros to have scopes because of these bloating, feeling of fullness, dyspepsia, reflux kind of feeling. So that's why I'm saying there's such vague symptoms. Mm. Unlike cervical cancer and uterine cancer, where bleeding or discharge is the commonest symptom. Mm. And then a, a careful family history is important. So history, history, history. You know, did your mom have an ovarian cancer? Did your granny have an ovarian cancer? Did they have a breast cancer? So these are important history things to take. Okay. And, uh, and also, so you talk about the BRCA gene. Anything related to diet and lifestyle with, with ovarian cancer? Uh, ovarian cancer, no, not generally diet and lifestyle okay. related. Okay. So, but uterine cancer, yes. Okay. Perfect. And next, Trudy. So after that is vulva. So the vulva is the outside lips, the labia. Um, the genitalia. So um, it's common in older women um, that you get a sore on that area and nobody looks at it. You know, you go and, and the GP is giving you schmears and creams and then you go back in another cream. Somebody must look. If you've got yeah. a sore on that area and it's not getting better after 10 days of a cream, somebody must look. And somebody must biopsy if there's something persistent there. Um, luckily enough, an uncommon um, cancer, but nevertheless can be quite devastating because, you know, it causes a huge big sore and it bleeds and it erodes and it's smelly and it's not great. Mm-hmm. So that is the other um, female cancer. So those are the commonest ones. There okay. are rarer ones like fallopian tubes, but those, that's a very rare cancer. So now let's, and thanks, Trudy. Thanks for breaking it down so clearly for us. So how often should women be coming for a checkup? And during the checkup, I mean, you've mentioned a pap smear, but what else should they be asking their gynecologist to do to kind of cover the areas? You know, I mean, you, we, we've spoken about these different cancers. What, what should take place in a, in an annual checkup? So the first thing is, do you really need an annual checkup? And in fact, um, literature shows that an annual checkup is not really necessary okay. unless unless you've got a strong family history or you've got something else. So, for instance, if you are a breast cancer survivor and you are on a drug called tamoxifen or KSI is its other name, tamoxifen, tamoxifen can cause a uterine cancer. It can prevent it. You must take it. It prevents you from your cancer from coming back. But there's mm-hmm. a tiny little chance that you can get a uterine cancer from it. So those patients have to go at least annually for a checkup. Okay. Somebody who's had a previous abnormal pap smear, you would want them to come annually for a checkup. And they don't have to go to a gynecologist necessarily. You know, you, the, your general practitioner can do a pap smear. And now, in fact, we do what's called a HPV test. So a pap smear has many places where it can go wrong. But HPV, you either have it or you don't have it. Do you understand? And so if you don't have it, it's a negative screen. So it's a much more sensitive test. And so now in the last year or so, 
we do HPV testing. And generally, we do HPV and we look at the cells at the same time. And then should you be having an ultrasound, a transvaginal ultrasound? There's a little bit dispute actually in the literature whether it actually makes a difference to survival or to recognizing. Like I said to you, I can do a scan today, look at your ovaries and your uterus, and they all look normal. And in four months' time, you've got a problem. Mm. So four, it will tell you for today. But I think more importantly is knowing your own body, knowing your body. And if you've got a problem, you need to go for a checkup and not ignore it. COVID has made many of us ignore problems. And that has been, you know, I can't go to the doctor because of COVID. You know, I've got this bleeding. Now I don't want to go near anybody because of COVID. We are seeing late presentations at the moment of cancers because people are too afraid, too afraid. Yeah, and we know how important early detection is. I mean, you 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 spoke Absolutely. about cervical cancer. You can you 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 can get incredible results with the treatment. What about the the other the other cancers, Trudy? So for people who are putting off this bleeding, whatever, and they're putting off. I'd really like to stress how important it is to respond to any kind of symptoms. What are you seeing? Are you seeing a lot of people come to you and it's already quite far into the cancer, the stage of cancer? You're right. I removed an ovarian tumor that weighed 12 kilograms, 12 kilograms. You know, somebody afraid to come to the hospital. So, you know, 12 kilograms. I mean, that, that is huge. Yeah. We need to really be. Absolutely uncomfortable, but afraid, you know, afraid to come to the hospital because of COVID. So I really would urge people not to um, negate their own health and and rather go for that checkup early. Early detection, take your precautions, wear your mask, have a vaccine and see your practitioner if there's a problem. Oh, fantastic, Trudy. And just uh, just a, another question in terms of COVID and um, women going for their their vaccines. Are you seeing any kind of issues with people who've gone for vaccines um, and more bleeding, less bleeding, anything like that in, from your so point some, of view? So the, I mean, the data is starting to emerge, but soon after a vaccine, the next period can be a little different. Um, and I think you need to take note of that. And no, it does not cause infertility. It does not cause infertility. I don't know where that one came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so periods, yes, can be irregular for a month or two after vaccination or a month or two after having COVID. Okay. Um, but it really settles down back to normal. Oh, fantastic. Trudy, thank you so much. Thanks for breaking it down. Thank you for, you know, bringing the importance of going for not waiting because of COVID, but going for your regular checkups. Very important listening to your body. If there are any changes in the body, going to your doctor. And of course, as you said, you know, healthy lifestyle at all. Also, the importance of eating correctly, exercising correctly, resting, managing stress. Um, and what I I also want to stress is the vaccine that you spoke about for the cervical cancer um, and the incredible, you know, the positive results in, in Australia. So thank you for your time, Trudy. I know you're so busy. We so appreciate it. And take care. And we look forward to chatting um, with you again soon. 
And lovely being with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Trudy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.